Welcome to the First Church Orlando podcast. Here you will find recordings of weekly sermons, devotions, interviews, and seminar recordings from the First United Methodist Church of Orlando. For more information about First Church Orlando, please visit our website at firstchurchorlando.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Now, enjoy the podcast. Our scripture reading today comes from Psalm 89, beginning with verse 5. I'm reading from the NRSV, which is why I've got my big preacher Bible today. (laughs) Let's hear the word of God. Let the heavens praise your wonders, O Lord, your faithfulness in the assembly of the holy ones. For who in the skies can be compared to the Lord? Who among the heavenly beings is like the Lord? A God feared in the council of the holy ones, great and awesome above all that are around him. O Lord, God of hosts, who is mighty as you, O Lord? Your faithfulness surrounds you. You rule the raging of the sea. When its waves rise, you still them. You crushed Rahab like a carcass. You scattered your enemies with your mighty arm. The heavens are yours. The earth also is yours. The world and all that is in it, you have founded them. The north and the south, you created them. Tabor and Hermon joyously praise your name. You have a mighty arm. Strong is your hand. High your right hand. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Steadfast love and faithfulness go before you. Happy are the people who know the festal shout. Who walk, O Lord, in the light of your countenance. They exult in your name all day long and extol your righteousness. For you are the glory of their strength. And by your favor our horn is exalted. For our shield belongs to the Lord, our King, to the Holy One of Israel. This is the word of God for the people of God. God. Amen. So we started our worship today with a familiar line from Psalm uh, 34, verse 8. Taste and see how good the Lord is. Now, there's a lot of phrases we use in church that become just normal, but think about that one for a minute. Taste and see the goodness of the Lord. Or the message version says, open your mouth and taste. Open your eyes and see how good God is. It sounds to me like an invitation to engage our physical senses to experience the invisible reality of God. And that's a pretty fascinating idea, isn't it? I mean, we think of God as other, God as invisible, but this is an invitation to physically engage God, taste and see the goodness of God. I can taste a meal and taste its goodness. I can taste the the quality of the ingredients. I might even be able to taste the skill of the person who prepared the meal. I can see things that are beautiful and good. I can look at nature. I can look into the face of somebody I love, right? I can look at a good piece of art. I can taste. I can see the things around me. I can engage my other senses to, to smell the goodness of a rose or the touch of my wife's hand and mine or the good sound of a friend's voice. But how do we taste 
and see and smell and touch and feel the goodness of an invisible God. Now, if I were to ask you, how many senses, physical senses, do we have? You were taught this in elementary school. How many are there? Five, right? Taste, touch, sight, hearing, smell. You noticed I read just to make sure I got them all. But you know that's actually not true, that we have some other senses as well. Uh, I'll just share a few of them. Uh, I discovered this week that there is a group, in uh, a people group in Ghana, South, West Africa, called the Anlo U. I think that's correct. And a study was done about the senses among the Anlo U. And they were asked, what senses do you have? And they kind of had to be pointed to, you know, taste, touch, sight, smell. They're like, well, those are just obvious. They say the main sense that we have is balance. And I noticed when I started looking at pictures, all the women are carrying things on their heads, right? They lean into the sense of balance. There are some who would add that say, really, there's a a sixth sense. It's intuition. We often say women have a sense of intuition. They just, we just know. Physiologists, specialists in the physical body say there are actually four more senses that we don't usually think of. One is called thermoception. What do you think that one is? Heat, temperature, feeling temperature. That's important. This one, I don't know if I'll say correctly, it's nociception. It's our sense of pain, which is pretty important to know when you're injured, right? Uh, there's another one, equilibrioception. What would that one be? Balance, right? And even a feeling of acceleration, right, that you get maybe when your car, when you're speeding up on I-4. And the last one, proprioception, which is kinesthetics. It's the way that our body kind of works together, arms and legs and harmony, how we understand how it all works together. There are also some people, this is a fairly rare sense, there are some people that have the, the sense of syn, synesthi, synesthesia. These are hard words. Synesthesia, which means that somehow for them their senses actually overlap. That there are actually some people who see sound and hear color. So we have actually a whole variety of senses My question is, is it possible that we could experience God through the full range of our senses? If we can taste and see the goodness of God, as Scripture tells us, is it possible we could experience God through our sense of balance and maybe imbalance? Can we experience God in our physical pain when we have it? Can we experience God kinesthetically in our bodies, maybe through dance or through yoga? Can we experience God through those hunches of intuition that we get? Is it possible that there's a deeply spiritual encounter awaiting for all of us within the bodies God has given us? Is it possible that these senses we have, these physical senses are actually gifts from God to be used as spiritual senses so that we can engage God within the physical world. The founder of Methodism was a man named John Wesley, who was a brilliant theologian, uh, deeply in love with God, but struggled in some ways spiritually until one night he had experience where he said his heart was strangely warmed. There was some physical sensation that happened within his chest that made him know that God's love for him was real. He called it the gift of assurance, and Wesley believed that it's normal 
for us in our spiritual pursuits to experience God in a physical kind of way. Now, how do we do this? Like, how do we really tap into that? I think there's a clue in this scripture I just read, Psalm 89, 11. It said, the heavens are yours. The earth also is yours. The world and all that is in it. It's taking a claim. God made everything that exists, but it's taking it even a step further that God is still present in everything that exists. That through the natural created world, God is still present and at work to stay connected with all of us. I mean, just think about this. I mean, could it be within the created order of nature that this world that we live in is filled with tangible touchable, seeable, tasteable, smellable expressions of God's love for all of us? Could it be that creation itself is meant to be a conduit for us to know and engage with God? Um, I'm a growing fan of of Celtic Christianity. It comes from, of course, northern Great Britain, the the Irish and the Scottish. And, And Celtic Christianity seems to be especially aware of the overlap of the material world and the spiritual world, uh, the sacred and the mundane, of how they come together, that the, 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 the mysteries of God are not as hidden as we tend to think. I'm reading a, an author right now named John O'Donohue who uses expressions like the sacrament of nature or the divinity of wild places. Uh, another Celtic author named John Philip Newell says, the way of seeing that I'm speaking about can be accessed by everyone, anyone. For it is a way of seeing that is based on what the soul already deeply knows. Your soul already deeply knows this. That both earth and every human being are sacred. Isn't that a great expression? Your soul already knows that the earth and every human being are sacred. That divinity is as close as what you can reach out and touch. That divinity is as close as the smell of a beautiful flower or stopping to listen to the birds or feeling the coolness of a cold sip of water. Celtic Christians talk about thin spaces where the distance between heaven and earth just seems to fall away. Where where the presence of God and the physical world seem to go hand in hand. Have you experienced thin spaces? I have. Sometimes here in our beautiful church, sometimes in worship, I experience that as a thin space. Sometimes in nature, sometimes in the embrace of my wife. These are thin spaces. You know what I'm talking about. Theologians from from way, way, way back sometimes refer to nature as God's first book. Meaning that that before God gave words that we put down in Scripture, that we could already see the truths of God and all that God created. Now later this morning, we're going to have a baptism at the 11 o'clock service. Later in this service and at the 11 o'clock service, we're going to come to the table and share Holy Communion. These are things we call sacraments. These are rituals that we observe in the church that use tangible things. A sacrament, that's another big theological word, is defined as an outward and visible sign of an inward and spiritual grace 
given by Christ as sure and certain means for receiving God's grace. The real key to line is that is, is outward and visible sign. So in baptism, what is the outward visible sign? It's water, right? We see water. We see water being placed on a child's head by a pastor and words are being spoken. We see the ritual But we also believe something unseen is happening. Something spiritual is happening. That God is taking this child and claiming this child as God's own. When we come to the table to experience the Lord's Supper, what are the outward visible signs? Bread, juice, right? But we also believe there is something under the surface that is happening spiritually. When we have communion, we watch others who are also sharing in community. We know there's a unity of spirit. We hear the words, this is the body of Christ given for you. But we also believe, we do this because we believe that somehow at a deep spiritual level we're being forgiven, we're being healed, we're being restored. There's a spiritual assumption that more is going on than what we can see, but we can see it. It's an invitation to taste and see God in a unique and special way. Now, in the United Methodist Church, we have two sacraments. I mentioned them, baptism and the Lord's Supper. There are traditions that have more sacraments. In fact, there's five more in some traditions. They include confirmation, reconciliation, or sometimes called confession, marriage, anointing the sick, or sometimes called last rites, and ordination. Now, we don't call those sacraments in the United Methodist Church, but those are rituals that we observe So we value them. We just say that we believe that somehow uniquely special are these two, baptism and and Holy Communion. But I want to suggest this morning that in some way that this is a little bit of just kind of church semantics. When we say that that baptism and Holy Communion are sacraments, we're not saying that, that God isn't present in these other rituals, right? We, of course, believe God is involved in marriage and confirmation and so forth. We're not denying God's role in that. We're just saying there's something special about these two. But there's this interesting line from the Book of Common Prayer that says this. This is from the Episcopal Church. It says, God does not limit himself to these rites, meaning the sacraments. They are patterns, catch this, of countless ways by which God uses material things to reach out to us. Did you catch that? countless ways God uses material things to reach out to us. Does God use bread and and wine? Yeah. Does God use water? Yeah. And God uses a whole lot of other things to touch us so that we can connect with God throughout our lives, every moment of every day. It's a phrase that I want to call the seen unseen, right? Of course, God is beyond the ability to see and touch and hear with our physical senses and the way that we do with each other. And yet, God is somehow present in every moment, in every encounter we have. There's countless opportunities to engage with this God through the physical world. What if everything we see with eyes of faith, with senses of faith, is potentially a glimpse of the divine? If we view things correctly, Jesus used this phrase that often he said, those who have eyes to see and ears to hear, right? He wasn't just talking literally whether we were 
sighted or blind, whether we were deaf or hearing. He's talking, how do we engage all of these things in a spiritual way? What if we could see the world with eyes of faith? So when we gaze at the heavens, when we gaze into a lover's eyes, when we gaze upon the beauty of creation, what if we engaged everything in a more spiritually mindful kind of way? Psalm 89.5 says, let the heavens praise your wonders. It just simply means when you look up at the night sky, let the heavens proclaim, praise your wonders. God's given us a front row seat to all the ways that God is constantly at work around us if, if we develop the spiritual senses of awareness. There was a 19th century poet named Elizabeth Barrett Browning who wrote, Earth's crammed with heaven, and every common bush afire with God, but only he who sees takes off his shoes. The rest sit around and pluck blackberries. Isn't that a great phrase? If you see, you take off your shoes, you know you're on holy ground. If not, you know. There's another poet, 18th century poet named William Blake, who wrote, To see a world in a grain of sand, and a heaven in a wildflower, hold infinity in the palm of your hand, and eternity in an hour. What if... What if taking a bite of delicious food really is a spiritual experience? What if God is really as close as your next firm handshake, your next high five, your next hug, the next shoulder you cry on? What if spirituality is far more physical than it really is emotional or intellectual like we often think? What if the most spiritual thing you can do today might be walking your dog or pulling some weeds or dancing in the rain the next time we have a storm or going and doing some bird watching or picking up some trash off the curb or taking a yoga class or preparing and eating a delicious meal or feeling the warm sun on your face? What if all creation is sacramental? Every bit of it. What if everything that exists is an opportunity for divine encounter? Richard Rohr wrote this, and he's going to use the expression, the reality. He means God as the reality. Daily cosmic events in the sky and on the earth are the reality. Above our heads and beneath our feet, every minute of our lives, a continuous sacrament. I love that. So friends, right here, right now, in this very moment, the air that you're breathing is the breath of God. Right now, right here in this moment, the ground upon which we are seated, this is holy ground. The people seated around you, before you, and behind you, and next to you, these are the saints of God. And in a moment, yeah. And in a moment when you eat bread and drink juice, these are the body and blood of Christ. Open your eyes. Attune your ears. Reach out and touch and hold. Awaken your senses. Taste and see the goodness of God. 
Let us pray. Remind us again, O Lord, everything we take into our hands, everything we receive into our mouths, everything that enters through our eyes, every sound that we hear, all of it, all of it, potentially, are signs of you. Meet with us now. Connect with us now. May we be especially aware and attuned to your presence in this place in these moments. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We hope you enjoyed the podcast and that you will listen again in the future. If you enjoyed today's message, we hope you'll subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform and share it with others on social media. For more information about First Church Orlando, please visit our website at firstchurchorlando.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If this podcast is a valuable resource to you, we invite you to give to this ministry by making a financial contribution at firstchurchorlando.org forward slash give. Now, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.